This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740 radio. It's uh, Easter Sunday this morning. I'm your host, Walter Rigobon. With me, as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese, and in studio with us this morning in the house, former Raptors coach and welcoming him back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Butch Carter. First of all, Naz, happy Easter, and, and Butch, happy Easter. Thank you. Happy Easter to you. Have Same a, to you. Have a fantastic day. Um, interesting week in sports. Leafs, uh, pretty good effort last night. Uh, uh, the Reimer effort. The Reimer <laughs> effort. But I do want to get into, into something that I found astounding this week. A gentleman by the name of Stephen Brunt, who's, uh, one, who I respect his opinion on uh, certainly one of the uh, most cerebral uh, sports uh, figures in the Toronto area, had some very unflattering comments about the Toronto Maple Leafs this week. He called them, and he's quoted on the radio, the least likable group ever. The team appears not to give a damn, and there's such a lack of try and a lack of effort. Astounding comments. Your reaction? Wow, there's a lot of truth to that, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Stephen stated that. But, you know, a lot of franchises go into some bad turns, and the Leafs have been in a bad turn since 2005. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity to respond to that, Butch, before I want to make a comment. Stephen is uh, one of the people I have the utmost respect for as a journalist. I think he is extremely bright, and I think he has a uh, genuine insight into athletes that most writers do not have. The fact that he said it, I'd only be disappointed because he should have said it earlier. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, the least likable group effort, that's a pretty damning indictment. I've, I've I've never heard that said about a Toronto Maple Leaf team. Um, we have a Toronto Maple Leaf team this year for the first time in, I don't know how long, Naz, 40 years, 50 years, empty seats, uh, unsold seats. Um, we have thousands of people not showing up to the game. Hockey night in Canada, Saturday night, first time in 40 years the Leafs were not featured. Uh, I get a sense that there's a, there's a sense of apathy um, that's never been there before. Does MLSC have something to worry about here? We're, we may be turning off a generation of fans here that never comes I, back. I don't think that's going to happen. They'll bounce back like they did every year. They, I, not with the Maple Leafs. They have, you know, they'll get 
a five-game winning streak next year, and everybody would be jumping on the bandwagon and wanting tickets to the game. I think this is just a temporary thing. Butch? I've always thought the Leafs games were a continuation of a business meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a very conservative crowd, unlike the uh, Raptor crowd. Um, You have lulls where you have to make a change in your personnel. Uh, I I thought about this last night because someone was talking about the seats being empty. I, I see it as a great opportunity to create new fans, fans who couldn't get seats. So if I was in a marketing department, I would start mailing people because they have a resale department for people don't come to the game. They can resell their tickets. I would be trying to resell those seats to people who normally wouldn't get a chance to come to the game. I think that's what you have to do. The, the reality is that a team functions great when the talent matches the marketing plan. And we've seen that with We the North with the basketball team. So the reality is, you know, Steven said what he said, and uh, I respect him for all the stuff, the work that I've seen him do. I respect him for the work that he has uh, put up with his sidekick, Bob. (laughs) So um, I just think it should have been said sooner. The reality is, as I've always said, if you're going to tear a team down, you need to do it quickly because the history shows in professional sports that you can tear a team down and they will stay in a losing situation and you may never get out of it. That was one of the things that I was able to convince Grunwald and uh, the ownership group that we didn't need all those young players. We needed one or two that could be stars. And then we would support them with veterans. And, you know, that would be my advice to what they're going to do. Um, you cannot put young guys in a situation where they're losing 50 and 60 games a year because they will become distracted. And that is what has happened to the core of this Maple Leaf team. They have allowed themselves to be distracted. And in hockey, because most of the talent is at the same level, if you don't give a great effort, if you aren't a good person, it's really hard to win. Interesting comments. Thanks, Butch. Uh, Our Toronto Maple Leafs, I mean, I've had an interesting uh, tweet discussion with a good friend of the Naz and Wally show, uh, Eddie Andelman, who's who's the godfather of sports radio down in Boston. And uh, he's made the point with me a few times that, that Toronto, at least fans in particular, and Toronto fans in general, are just either either incredibly loyal or terribly dumb. I don't know one or the other. Uh, because take a look, take a look at Boston. In the last eight years, every single Boston team has won a major title. Every single one. In Toronto, what have we had in the last eleven years? One playoff victory. That's it. And we put up with this. Are Toronto fans dumb or just incredibly loyal? Why are you blaming the fans? Well, we keep supporting this, and and is this, and that's why I bring. That's why I raise the point. I think there's a change. I think there's a change in the sentiment of Toronto fans for the first time ever this spring, where people have just said, "I'm not putting up with this anymore. I'm not watching it. I'm not going to support it." And and now I I I sense a real and Naz, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it's the first time I've ever, in, in my history well, of watching Wally, the Toronto the, Maple Leafs. The team has gone into the toilet, and the fans know it, right? So are they going to show up to the games? Like, but the, but I, some of them but aren't going to show this, up this, to the games, This may right? be a turning point in the sense that we've never had unsold seats. In Toronto, in Toronto Maple Leaf history. It's temporary, though. It well, really is. Let's redefine it. I think the seats are sold. No, no they have it. some unsold ones. Apparently, they had about 500 unsold ones and yeah, thousands had, that were empty. 
and the TV ratings are, are down. Nobody's watching it. Well, I know the TV ratings are down because an Edmonton broadcast against the Leafs drew 200,000. And I think the, the mark was a couple of years ago was 900,000. So they, they, they have taken it. But you know and, what? And the point Wally, I make, I, I think. Wally, I, they've gone into the toilet. What do you expect? Do you expect the Leaf fans just to watch every game and watch? You know, they're going to go well, out to the dinner. Pa- they're in, the, go in the past, they have. But now we're, now we're looking at a situation. This isn't just this year. But Wally, they haven't I, been I think, out of the playoffs we, in, we've in all January. Come, we, we've all come to the realization as Butch says, you got to tear this up. You got you 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 got to you got to eviscerate this team if you if you want to change it. You eviscerate this team. We're looking at this nonsense for what the next three four years. We're we're not we're not going to have a competitive Toronto Maple Leaf team here for how long in the future, Ness? You tell me, Butch. Well, it boils around the salary cap. The salary cap is the worst enemy for them trying to tear the team down. The benefit of what we did when I was coaching was that. We had the third lowest payroll in the league, so we had flexibility. Once they told us what the budget was, then we f- could figure out who we could fit into the budget. So for me, I asked them to define for me what the budget is and not who the players because I said there's no way i got to sit in a room and talk to people about basketball players that know nothing about basketball. So I still say that is the end issue. When you talk about the Boston franchise, talk about the Boston ownership group and how it's structured. New England, New England is a champion because the owner picked a coach. The coach does some outstanding things, but he also may cross the line. But the owner is not going to shoot him for crossing the line. So Kraft knows what he has. He knows how fleeting winning Super Bowls is. But, you know, the reality for me is the players are the players. But at the end of the day, someone's got to be an alpha male to lead, either through the GM or the ownership. All right, and I think if you look across, you look across the records of all the sports teams. All right, every time an alpha male shows up, they shoot him. <laughs> it's true. All right, and so if that's how they want to run their business, that's fine. But I do believe that you know we're having this discussion about the fans, but. Fans follow leadership. You either get it through ownership or through the front office. And if you look across from Toronto FC, the Raptors, all right, the Leafs, if you go through that and take since, you know, uh, 15 years, all right, it's, it's been pretty bad. And maybe that's why your friend in Boston said that. But I say that players are players. Once you put in a good foundation and show them great leadership, they will follow because they have no choice. So, you know, but I, I believe, you know, when I was here last time, I said, you guys keep looking at the fruit and I'm telling you it's the table. <laughs> I, got, I, I want to I go to something you just raised, the concept of the alpha male, because you, you said that the last time you were on, you were on our show back <laughs> in February, Butch, and we had, uh, uh, we had Bruce McNall on the show, uh, talked to Bruce McNall last, uh, last Sunday about ownership, and he brought up, the concept that I think you're getting at a little bit is the difference between corporate ownership and ownership owned by an individual. And he talked about how, you know, that that has made a huge difference in professional sports. And you've talked about this concept of structure and fruit. Fruit, And we keep, in Canada, we keep changing the fruit, but we don't change the structure. So are we saying that the problem in Toronto is, a, is, a, is I hate to use a fancy word, but st- systemic. It's MLSE corporate ownership as opposed to having some alpha male, as you call it. Well, let me, let me walk you through. So when I got into coaching, it was important that the head coach be dynamic, 
he be dynamic as a coach and be dynamic in marketing the team to the fans because that was the only um, business line. That was the only place that the owner or the university made money. So now you take a concept of MLSE where they've got all this real estate, they've got restaurants, they've got all this stuff that complements and builds value, cash value, and capital gains for them. So, you know, I don't know where I read a report the other day. MLSE may get a greater return per dollar invested than the banks. So when that happens, what I believe is going on is that everybody wants to be comfortable with everyone in the room. And that's not good for the athletes. All right? You have to be uncomfortable with Bill Belichick. The old guy comes in, he coaches his football team, he wears a sweatshirt. All right? I don't believe Kraft ever asked him to come to a meeting and have a suit on. So the reality is that go back, you go back through the history of great teams, all right? great franchises. The Cowboys haven't been the same since Jimmy Johnson left. All right, Jimmy Johnson was at the University of Miami, had recruited the best players in the world. The ones he couldn't get in school, he knew exactly where they were at. When he got to the Cowboys, he went out and got all those guys. He got guys from junior college. He got Emmett from Florida who didn't play for him, but he knew what a great player he was. He got Troy Aikman. All right, Jerry Jones on the marketing side, the league told him, you know, we're, we're Coke. And he said, well, forget that. I'm doing Pepsi. Right, so so the reality is George Steinbrenner. You just you you go back and back through, and most of the great franchises, Ted Turner, uh, with with the Braves and the Hawks. There's been an alpha male that knew there was a way to get down the road without wearing a suit. So it's just a history. If you if you if you benchmark the history of the great professional teams that won and won and won, you know, if it's Steinbrenner with the Yankees, you know, it's you just have to do some things to go against the grain, and I don't believe MLSE is going to go against yeah, we, the grain. We, we used to have an alpha male in Toronto. His name was Harold Ballard, and unfortunately that didn't, that didn't work out too well. But, yeah, but, but, but I do agree with your theory, Butch. I do agree with now your theory. Now, the media, is the media affected the Toronto franchises? Yes, it has. Because uh, the fact that the media owns a team is an unfair burden on the players. All right, and stick with me, okay? So now the PR guy comes down to a basketball player, hockey player, and says, you know, so-and-so from um, Fan 590 or CTV wants to see you. Player says, no, I don't want to do it. All right? Now the PR guy, his job's in jeopardy because he can't deliver the player. Right? None of the other franchises have to go through that. Right? The guys can say, no, I'm not doing it. So... One of the things you have to do before the season starts is that you've got to have a meeting with marketing and your coaching staff and say, you know, this is what's permissible and this is what's not. Here, I don't believe they do that. All the media is forced upon these guys. It is unfair because a professional hockey player, basketball player, he has only so much personal time. All right? And you need to allow him, when he's doing playing well, you need to allow him to have more personal time instead of less. And here is completely opposite of that. So, also, you have the burden that most of the media guys, all right, outside a guy like Stephen Braun, have never covered anything in the United States. All right? As an example, there was a writer, the, the Raptors were playing in Indiana, and a writer put something on Twitter about uh, Roy Hibbert. And I tweeted him back direct, like, do you understand the history of Roy Hibbert? He said, no, will you enlighten me? All right? So I said, Wikipedia, Toronto Raptors, note 23. So here's a writer, beat writer, covering the team, doesn't know that Roy Hibbert was drafted by the team and was traded. 
right? Mm-hmm. So there is a huge disadvantage. The beat writers who are associated with the team have never covered another team in the U.S. So you're in a you're in a business where there are 30 teams and 29 of them are south of the border. They have no experience, all right? <clears throat> and so it hurts the team because they they don't know what's good and what's bad, what's acceptable. All they know is, well, you know, we've been doing this and you know, they're paying us for it, but it really is a burden on the players. Okay, Butch, uh, hold that thought. We've uh, we've got to go to break. We've got to sell some products and services. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on 7.40 a.m. We'll be right back with Butch Carter after break. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when I got my fill. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. You get two Ponzerati with two toppings each, plus two big Pepsis, the deal is a peach. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. Just $13.99, that's low. For show, let's, whoa. Ponzo Combo, Ponzo Combo. Visit pizzaville.ca or call 736-3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. 
the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning and happy Easter and welcome back. Uh, we're live uh, from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. In studio with us this morning is, of course, Butch Carter. Um, we'd love to take your calls. Here's our phone numbers for call-ins, 416, area code 416-360-0740, I'll repeat that, uh, 416 360 Zero seven four zero one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. Butch, very interesting game in the NCAA last night. Kentucky uh, didn't run the table. Uh, they ran up against a pretty, uh, I don't know if a hot or good uh, Wisconsin team. Older team. Older team, is that? Is older, that? older team that could shoot the basketball. Break down the game for us. Well, Wisconsin made more jump shots than Kentucky did. And... Uh, they also got two very important calls. They, they missed the shot clock violation on Wisconsin. That put them up four. And then the young freshman Lyles with the back down charge. So, you know, it's, when it's going to be a one or two possession game, your older guys, your older teams should win those games, especially if they can shoot the basketball because Wisconsin was doing things at 18 feet that Kentucky had to get to three and four feet to do. So... They weren't able to turn. Normally what you do when you run into a Bo Ryan team is you, you, you get into pressing them and then turn them over because you're going to need those five or six possessions because normally they're going to shoot the basketball better than you and they are going to make free throws. Who wins between Wisconsin and Duke? It just, it just depends on if Wisconsin has the energy. <clears throat> I believe that I don't think Kaminsky's a very good player as a pro. Uh, he's got a sidekick that's a better player than him for for the NBA because I question the amount of energy he's going to be able to spend. So we'll need to see how fatigued he is. The problem with Duke is they only have eight players, Mm -hmm. right? So if they blow the whistle against them, that's that's a big problem. So, you know, I haven't done any research on why Duke only has eight scholarship players, but that's not good. And uh, you've been a a critic of... uh men's college basketball um, in the States, um, some pretty strong words about it. What's uh, what's the problem with men's college basketball in the States right now? Well, you've got the media aligned with the coaches that do bad things. So what has happened is that Vital started it, where he went in and kissed everyone's behind to get access. And so once the media guys understood, well, we got access now, and now we can build – more shows, more programs, and you don't have one really stand-up guy in college the way you used to. Um, if something was wrong, Dean Smith would say something. If something was wrong, John Thompson would say something. If something was wrong, Bobby Knight would say something. Everybody's making more so much milk off the cow now. No one's saying anything. you got a coach at Louisville that had sex with another woman outside of his wife, and he's still coaching. I mean, it's ridiculous. So what kind of example you know, is that? Um, so it, to me, you know, they are they are, they have they've created a system that protects the guys who make money, and they don't want the kids to make any. And uh, you saw what happened in Syracuse uh, a few weeks back, and uh, your assessment of whether um, whether the Syracuse program in general and whether Jim Beheim were dealt with fairly by the NCAA. They were dealt with unfairly from the standpoint they should have caught him a long time ago. This isn't anything new. 
I mean, everyone knows that Jim and them have been doing special things to get players to come to Syracuse. It all, you know, think about Derek Coleman goes from Detroit all the way to Syracuse. So, you know, this is this is nothing new. Um, and, uh, you know, he's been able to get away with it. And, you know, now they're saying they didn't even say enough is enough. See, what normally happens is that when the NCAA gets mad at Syracuse or Kentucky, they put one of the directional schools on probation, uh, you know, and say, see we, see, we did something. But the reality is the NCAA has never dealt with equity amongst all the schools. And it is a repressive society for uh, especially young African-American athletes uh, who are impoverished. Um, I can remember like yesterday, Bobby Knight's yelling at me because I get a Pell Grant. Well, I mean, Pell Grant normally says that your family has no money, right? But he didn't even know me well enough or my family well enough to know that. Now, the NCAA is, you know, and uh, not just on the basketball side, on you know, men's basketball men's uh division one college football it's it's a it's a multi multi-billion dollar organization and you've got a i mean young men uh who are contributing their skills and and in a lot of times their health to an organization that's quite frankly making billions of dollars off of their off of their sweat and uh in return, they get a scholarship. Um, I'm not even sure if they get health benefits. They don't. Somewhere down the road. Uh, I'm sure a lot of these kids suffer some consequences somewhere down the road. Um, seems to me there's a tremendous amount of unfairness in that and a tremendous amount of hypocrisy. Well, the hypocrisy goes to, well, you get a scholarship. Well, do you think the professor gets paid different by the number of students in his class? He doesn't. He doesn't know if there's 30 or 300, right? He gets paid the same. So the reality for me is that if you if you take people that are from a dysfunctional or, or economically disadvantaged background, you should make it a plain, even playing field for them so that they can order pizza just like the other kids that are there. Butch, where should the draft be age-wise for basketball? Well, <clears throat> I think... I did some reading on Arn Tellum did an interesting article and he's represented baseball players. And I kind of feel maybe he's right that you either declare at 18 that you're going pro or you have to stay in college three years. And I think that that would be fair because I think you should allow them to make a decision and you should allow them to make a decision that doesn't cripple the university. I think one and done is is bad. It's bad, yeah. right? Because the kids aren't going back to school to get their get their education. It's not like the CHL where you set aside money for them to get their education and you get they have an eight eighteen month window to right. right? So I think uh, Arn's suggestion on that more of the baseball model. But again, why was the baseball model working for the NCAA and it was never even suggested before for basketball? Anyways, we've got a call. Um, we've got Earl from Oakville that wants to talk basketball. Uh, Earl, uh, what's on your mind this morning? Yeah, I was just talking about my junior basketball team many, many years ago. My my coach was Mr. Bradstock. He was my gym teacher as well. And if my, my teammates out there, Steve Welch, Mike Mastry, Wayne Foster, Kamala Kalora, my teammates, we went undefeated. They, we, we, they scored 
14 points against us. Three games in a row. We played three consecutive games, and most they scored on us Earl? 14 points. Earl, th- thanks for your call. Do you have a question? Yeah, well, I think the Raptors, um, I don't know what the – I haven't seen them play, but are they playing a zone or a man-to-man defense? Okay, we'll ask uh, – I'll, I'll take that question, Butch, and, and lead it into uh, a Raptors uh, discussion. Uh, a gentleman, Earl, from Oakville asks us whether they're playing man uh, or zone. I guess that's pretty obvious under the rules. Uh, but uh, Raptors uh, have not um, been doing quite well lately, quite frankly, and it's, it's perhaps not the buildup we would have hoped towards, towards the playoffs. But uh, uh, your, uh, your assessment, Naz, were the... Naz, where the Raptors and Butch, how the Raptors are going to do in the playoffs? The Raptors uh, seem to me that they haven't played an important game in about three months, really. They've, they've known they're going to be in the playoffs, and I'm just wondering if that lingers as, as a team. If you, you know that you're playing a game and it doesn't mean anything because you're going to be seated in the spot you're, you're going to. And Well, it goes back to uh, the maturity of the team. And uh, unfortunately, we've not been able to see this team mature the last 30 games because of the injury situation. Mm-hmm. I still believe that DeMar is not as good as he was before he got hurt. And uh, now with Kyle out, it has pretty much been downhill after the All-Star break. They've not been the same team that they were, and uh, that happens. But the reality is uh, they need to win a playoff series and uh, and move forward. But this team, where they're at, is actually miraculous. When Masai came in, where the salary cap, what he was given, was bad. Mm-hmm. It was really bad. So he was over the cap. He had a bunch of players that could not play. And even today, I think he's got $12 million of people he's paying that can't play. So I think, you know, again, as I said earlier, the ability to change your team is directly related to what space you have in a cap. And I think they've done as well as they could. You know, they probably got, we probably got a little head of ourselves after the, we, the North came out and, you know, but they, they've settled down a little bit, but coach is a good coach. He's got time to get them settled down and, but they need to win a playoff series to move the thing forward. So it looks like they're playing Washington the way the standings are today. Uh, What would their chances be against Washington? Well, I don't think Washington's coach is very good, and that reflects in what's happened this year. But here's the problem. That is the most experienced team playoff-wise with bigs. There are two bigs that um, one came from Denver, the other one came from, I believe, Phoenix. They are very good, and that means that JV is going to be putting pick and roll a lot with John Wall, and that could be an issue. Anyways, on the line from Etobicoke, uh, and for the other uh, callers on the line, bear with us. We'll try and get to you as soon as we can. G D General from Etobicoke, you want to talk some hockey this morning. What's on your mind? Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, happy Easter. Happy Easter to you. Mr. Uh, Mr. Carter, always been a fan. Uh, I thought you were, uh, did a great job in Toronto, and uh, you and uh, many others that have been in your position before would know how difficult it is to coach in the city of uh, of Toronto, my question to Mr. Carter is: What would you do with the, with the Maple Leafs? Give me, give us a, <laughs> a, a different sport perspective from a basketball point of view. How would you restructure this team and, and make it go forward? Because in my mind, you guys are talking about the fans in Toronto, but I don't really call them fans. I, I call them bandwagon uh, hoppers because uh, 
they're looking for a party, and when the party's not happening and there's no parade down the road, they kind of leave. You know, like uh, where are those guys in Leaf Square now? I mean, I, I, in, in my estimation, and I'm a Bruins fan, so I've lived and died with this team for a long, long time since uh, they traded Mike Walton back in the 60s, and I wasn't happy. <laughs> Boy, you're that. old, I'll tell you. <laughs> so anyway. Anyways, I, th- I, think, I think what you're asking Butch is, uh, yeah. how, what would he do? How would he, yeah, like how would he turn the Leafs around? Goals. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it starts in the net. You know, I mean, basically you've got to have a stopper. It, the equivalent to that is in basketball, it's defensive field goal percentage. You've got to make people miss shots. So... Um, uh, the goalie is the best person to make people miss shots. So I think they have to make a decision. I think uh, the bombardment we seen Reimer get last night <laughs> is not – I think them bringing on uh, the assistant GM on analytics is really good. Uh, clearly what we did in basketball was driven off analytics. Um, and the analytics that I believe in is that different players have different energy, and you can measure that. There are certain statistics that will show you how a guy gets from point A to point B. And when you go from a bad team to a good team, you've got to have more energy. Being smarter is not going to get you there. Um, and I, I, my example would be if you look at the back lines in the West, you know, they got bigger, stronger, faster, knocked the snot out of you. And that's worked very well out West. No one has really done that in the East yet. But I think it starts in that. And uh, then I would build a back line. I probably, I probably, I'd probably make. I, th- I think Boston may be the only team that's in that uh, category of the, of the Western teams. Uh, who would you keep from this team? Who, who would you keep? Because uh, I mean, I think we almost start off with the premise: we want a clean house. Um, there's probably not a lot of players you want to keep on this team, but who 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 stands out for you that you you could build? You, you look at this team and say, yeah, I'd like to see him still around when they get good in four or five years. Well, let me put it to you this way: the the way I dealt with it was that every player that we had, we told the whole league that they were did everything great. All right, they were on practice on time. It was it was something I learned from uh, Lee Rose. Uh, it was old head coach at Purdue, but he was the uh, player personnel director in Milwaukee when we were really bad. That every meeting we went to with league officials, it was disallowable for us to say anything bad about our fellow coaches or our players. And we did the same thing when we started, and no one's an untouchable. So the Nazem Kadri situation, how would you have handled that as a coach? You had to because they really are trying to save him. All right, I believe that Kadri is immature. That's just from me running into him. I believe that he is immature. He does not understand the jersey that he's wearing. And he has to grow up and be a man or get shipped out. And I like the kid, but he's he's a kid. And, you know, but someone made a mistake in that evaluation. We're talking to Butch Carter, former Raptors coach, on the line from Hamilton. Mike, you want to talk some hockey ownership? Uh, what's on your mind, Mike? Good morning, guys. Happy New- Happy Easter. And happy Thank Easter you. to you. Thank you for calling. Thank you very much. Just wanted to say, um, um, basically, I think Randy Carlaw, you guys were singing his praises. Um, whether or not he should have been fired, I, I, you guys would know a lot more than I do, well, a lot better than I do. But I just think that um, he's the only coach, my memory serves me correctly, going back to the punch him era of the 60s, who actually won the Stanley Cup in another city and then came to coach the league several, year, several years later. Um, I, That's I very I, true. Yeah, I just think that Pat Quinn, 
he basically um, only missed the playoffs once, as you know, in his, his whole time in Toronto. And you were saying that he felt comfortable handling the media. Yeah, he handled the media really well. And Butch, you were with uh, Pat Quinn at that time, right? Yeah, he was awesome. Real gentleman and uh, did everything the right way. Mike, uh, thanks for your call, Mike. I appreciate it. Yeah. Butch, we, we talked, uh, I think, on the last show about the firing of Randy Carlyle. Uh, Naz and I have had our differences in, in, uh, in during the course of our show about Randy Carlyle. Uh, Naz was calling for Randy's head a lot earlier than I was. Uh, I wasn't too thrilled about the timing of that firing, um, and you know hindsight's twenty twenty. It's what you know what the Leafs did certainly didn't uh, seem to work out. Uh, but uh, last time you commented, um, you, you thought you thought if I correct me if I'm wrong, it was it was it was good for Randy's point of view that he got fired, and uh, your assessment still whether they made the right move back in early January. Absolutely. Why? They did him a favor because Randy was the glue that was holding the team together. They did him a favor, but they did they do the team a favor. They did do a team a favor because they need to see what the team really was without Randy. Which wasn't a hell of a lot. Correct. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's like, you know, if but I was... But was that really, really what Shanahan... Did they really... <laughs> did Shanahan didn't fire Carlisle because he wanted to see what the team was all about. He was in... They were in a playoff spot. At that at that mo- point in time, were they, was ne- Shanahan just say, "Okay, let's 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 kiss away the season let's, to see what we got"? Yes, really, yes. Wow. Let, let's say he's smarter than you think he is. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. What good does is he do- smarter what, than we think what, he is? What good does it do you to get in the playoffs and last, get smoked, kill your draft position? All right. Because what's going on is that I believe that they're looking at the analytics. And that team is not trending toward winning analytics. And everybody forgets when they, when people say analytics. Well, there are two sides of it, all right? In hockey, like basketball, half the games are lost. Correct. Right? So if you've got analytics that are trending on the losing side, all right, you know you got to blow it up. So it's within – it's your assessment that Shanahan and Nonis and the board or whatever sat down and said, let's get it real at Carlisle. Let's tank the season. Let's figure out what we really got, and we don't care whether we make the playoffs or not. The issue is I don't think they said let's tank the season, but okay. they said let's find out what we have. And, and, you, and you find out what you have by firing your coach. Yeah, because he's too good of a coach. He's too good of a coach. He's so you fire a coach because he's too good. Let me, let, me, let me explain to you this yeah, way. Yeah, go ahead. If we have a family reunion, I'm the oldest of seven kids. Regardless of what my brothers and sisters do, when I walk in that room, it stops out of respect for me and what I did for that, for our family. And it's just, this, you find that with coaches. You'll get a coach that he, when he, when he puts his skates on and rolls out there, a lot of the BS stops and, and you know, it's there. So this stuff with Kadri, do you think they didn't know that when Randy was there? So well, the, I, I, yeah, I, there was a, there's, there's more to that story. I mean, they haven't, they haven't, I mean, they're, they haven't really, well, they, they, should, they, they shouldn't. haven't published. But he was on Kadri from day one. Right. Uh, yeah, Carlisle. but Kadri, he's been on Gardner too, right? right. Carlisle. Yeah. 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 Well. Yeah. So there could well, be, maybe you, he had some expectations that they weren't uh, they weren't following through on. If you, you know? if you watch Gardner and Dion skate, all right. Yeah. Fanuf was scared to death of the kid. <laughs> yeah. All right, and look, I don't know that much about hockey, but I know when you pair guys together, all right. Dion was scared to death of what Gardner was going to do. All right, because so, he didn't know what he was going to do. Correct, that's that's correct. Right, so you know, there's a reason that Montreal has an older guy beside PK. Yeah, right. It's the same thing, right? So, um, I just think that you know the talent 
level is subordinate to what you have to do to be uh, two, three, or four. Anyways, we're talking to Butch Carter. Uh, just before we go to break, we've got a break coming up. We do want to, Kevin from Buffalo has been holding and uh, for quite a bit of time. Kevin, thanks for calling back, and uh, thanks for holding. You've got some basketball questions. Go ahead, Kevin. Happy Easter to you fine gentlemen. And <laughs> Same to you, Kevin. To speak with Mr. Butch Carter, and you did a terrific job in Toronto, and amazing how how smart that you are, Butch. It's always great to listen to you on the show. And two quick questions. Kentucky lost last evening to Wisconsin, and I was a bit surprised of that. I, I know the games are so close, but I was hoping they would go 40-0. and 0. And just one last comment, Butch. Do you think the San Antonio Spurs and uh, Mr. Popovich will make it again to the finals? They've had great success. And I'll listen to your questions and have a great week. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, first, let's go through San Antonio. Uh, they're a veteran team that if they're healthy and making shots, they can beat anyone. Uh, I do believe that some of the wear and tear is starting to show on Duncan. And Tony Parker has not been as good as he has been historically. So, but they do have the will of a champion. And I believe they can go in and win two playoff games, road games, which means, you know, any series can be won. So back to the Kentucky-Wisconsin game, you have to understand the history of Bo Ryan. Bo Ryan coached Division II basketball and won a lot of championships in Wisconsin before anyone even knew he existed. The Wisconsin program turned around when Herb Cole, the owner of the Milwaukee Bucks, gave the money to build the Cole Center for a new basketball arena at the University of Wisconsin, and he hired Bo Ryan. Bo Ryan has basically built that his, his uh, program with Wisconsin kids. They have a high IQ. They make free throws. Um, and so I think this is accumulation of just what Bo is. The, the, the team reflects what he is. I think that anytime you play a Bo Ryan team similar to a Bobby Knight team, you have to press them. You have to get extra possessions. Um, and if you don't, then you're allowing it to be a charge, made free throws, make jump shots game. And that's their specialty. So um, I think Calipari, I think if you study history and trends on how coaches got to where they are, you're better prepared to play against them. A lot of coaches miss that. But I just see it as an older team, more experienced team. They got the charges. They made the shots. They made their free throws. And they win a one-possession game. And John's kids aren't built to win a one-possession game. Anyways, we're listening to uh, Butch Carter. He's in uh, in studio with us this morning. We're live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We'll be right back after this break. It was a rainy day when Peterville asked... How much loyalty is there in the world anymore? Well, about 14 inches, we figure. Introducing Pizzaville's new loyalty program. After your sixth order, you'll receive a large 14-inch pizza of your choice free with your seventh order. You scratch our back, we feed your face. Find out more at pizzaville.ca. That's pizzaville.ca. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. 
the best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We've got about 10 minutes left. We have in studio former Raptors coach Butch Carter. Butch, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't ask you. uh, You've been heavily involved in trying to put together a basketball league in uh, in southern Ontario. You've received some good reception uh, from a lot of of communities outside of the Toronto area. Tell us a little bit about how that's going. I know that you're passionate about about that level of basketball and developing that uh, that basketball league and that uh, business plan. Tell us how you're doing. Well, I think it's going fine. I was uh, just in Ottawa, and uh, we, we've got that team settled. We're working through some some of uh, the issues logistic-wise. On, uh, we'd like to play at, at, at Carleton, um, and we think, well, there's no problem there. But that part is has uh, been a little slow because I'm negotiating all the leases because I've learned if you let the individual owners negotiate them, there's no telling what you'll end up in, but it's, uh, the owners are sitting there with me, but 
Uh, I think they're surprised now what people would try to pull over, the wool would try to pull over their eyes. <laughs> Tell us what communities uh, look, uh, look solid for, the, for, your, uh, for your league and uh, what kind of facilities you'll be putting your teams in and um, when you expect you might have this up and running. Let's start with the East in Ottawa. We'll play at Carleton. We'll play some school day events at the TD Center, TD Place. Then you... The next team would be in Scarborough, play at the Pan Am facility there, which is uh, any listener, if you're ever in Scarborough, um, you have to go and look at the uh, Pan Am Center that they built there. It's it's awesome. Um, that's got 1,773 seats, 500 standing room. Um, Hamilton, working through with that group there, we're trying to figure out where we want to play. Uh, we're leaning toward trying to play at Mohawk, a uh, smaller facility, but it's on the hill, um, and we're working through that. Kitchener-Waterloo, um, the city of Waterloo and city of Kitchener have been unbelievable in supporting what we're doing. Uh, we'd like to play at the University of Waterloo, and what we're trying to do there is uh, provide the funds to renovate the seating. The seating there, the benches have been in there for 31 years. So most of the universities that we've run into they have additional seating quotes from two or three years ago, but have not had the money in the budget. So what we're trying to do is match up donors uh, who normally give money, but we're asking them to give the money, take their charitable receipt, and allow these facilities to be upgraded because they're really student athletic centers. Um, so those are the four that I would say are solid. I will, I would love to put a team uh, in York, there's two issues there. Uh, Pan Am Center and Markham, they did not put the master court down. So we can't get in there till September 15th. Um, but they've been very supportive, the city of Markham. Uh, I believe city of Vaughan would like to have a team also. Issue there is, is facility-wise. But, you know, this isn't a six-month or, you know, I'm going to quit on this. I mean... In my mind, we've got 139 Canadians playing in Europe, uh, China, South America. We've got 104, 105 Canadians playing NCAA basketball. So there's a pipeline of Canadian players. Uh, what we have to do is nationalize the league. We have to play FIBA rules. We have to drug test. And we're the largest country without um, a professional league to support uh, Canada basketball. And um, I would think that if we get it done, you'll see the value of Canada basketball rise directly in reflection of what we're able to get done. I, I have to ask you this because one of the uh, listeners uh, asked me, um, second-round pick of the Raptors is playing in Australia. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is why is it in basketball, past the first round, you hardly see anybody make it to the NBA but in hockey, you can go second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, free agents, and they play. Because there are 351 colleges and universities that provide 100 draft hopeful kids every year to the NBA. The NBA only needs 25. So what happens is, is the philosophy of you use your second pick to park a player. So you draft him, you maintain his rights, which is unfair. And then you park him where he's playing somewhere else. So it used to be the roster was 12. Now it's 15. So there's no room to put an additional player. 
the roster has been expanded as you know as as, as much as they can do it. So you don't really need the second round. They really should eliminate the second round. But the teams have convinced that, hey, we really should be able to put handcuffs on a kid and let him play somewhere else, and then if he develops, we can bring him in. Now, that has worked very well for some teams, but the NBA is stupid about stuff. So everyone you hear say, you know, well, we're trying to do what San Antonio is doing. Well, until look, unless you get Tim Duncan – all that other stuff is a joke, <laughs> yeah. right? Got to have the player, right? Well, they've had two. They've had fourteen foot of Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. David Robinson and Tim Duncan, yeah. right? So, people, and we talk about fans being dumb. I say, okay, that makes sense, San Antonio. Well, that doesn't make sense because you're not going to get Tim Duncan. I guarantee you, the Raptors, if JV start playing like Tim Duncan as a young player, all right, the Raptors wouldn't be going through what they're going through. So, the reality of what's going on is. They're parking um, because what you what's happened is that as these businesses have grown on the basketball side, the GM and the player personnel people have taken more and more power and more say about what's going on. So that's what I always say. They'll say, well, let's play in the summer league. Well, you know, the championship team, San Antonio didn't play in the summer league. All right. You go through all your great teams. They don't play in the summer league. All right. I believe the time has to be spent in personal development. Uh, but the personnel people can't evaluate individual development. So you've got a conflict of interest. So what's the caliber of player that is out there that is hasn't been drafted in the NBA? Is it a, of high quality? And there are there a lot of those guys that could play in the NBA now? No, but there are two, th- there are two things, um, Naz, that you, I believe to be an NBA player. You must be able to guard a position because if you can't guard a position, you'll get iced, all right? The second one is most of the players who are the secondary players, no one has developed them. They're right-handed. They can't drive left. They can't shoot the basketball. Um, And to that, I go, you know, I was telling a guy yesterday, actually what's going on in Canadian basketball is really outstanding because these kids have grown without any any, uh, coaching aids. Mm -hmm. No tossbacks. You know, you can walk in gyms, high school gyms, and all the coaching aids are sitting there. And Canada's doing it without any of that. So those players normally have something that they're missing. And um, it takes someone to find it to buff them out. But that's a problem. Too. Very interesting. Butch, uh, we've got a minute and a half left. And uh, we've got to take advantage of, you, of, your, of your NBA expertise. Make us, tell us what we're going to look forward to in the playoffs and who's ultimately going to be hoisting the NBA championship trophy. I think the uh, if the Clippers don't do something outstanding, all right, I think they'll start asking themselves, do they need to break that team up? Um, what Golden State has done during the year is awesome. The reality, though, is it does it transfer to the playoffs? Um, Rookie coach. But an experienced coach, a coach that's won championships, he, he's, yes. less, he's less likely to stumble and get in his own way than other guys. Uh, and also they have a unique home court advantage. Okay, Butch, unfortunately, I've got to cut you off there. Okay. I'm getting the word from the producer. We've got uh, shows wrapping to an end. We want to in, I know you've been under the weather today, and uh, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, we really appreciate it and sharing your expertise with all of our listeners. 
next week on the Naz and Wally uh, Sports Hour, Paul Beeston. So we're certainly looking forward to that. And, of course, next week is Master Sunday. Uh, Naz and Butch, once again, a happy Easter and a happy Easter to all of our listeners. We'll be back next week, 9 a.m. Have a fantastic week. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.